Hello everyone, welcome back to If It Is To Be Said, a podcast about this little-known TV show called Succession, which Harry and I stumbled across and thought we'd sink our teeth into. Um, We're on episode six. Straight off the bat, Harry, what did you think? It's like this last series, they're kind of ticking off every, like, big succession format. Yeah. <laughs> and the sort of investor day, big presentation, mm-hmm. Kendall live performance. Yes. Are almost two separate but great uh, formats for an episode. And I love this episode. Yeah, I thought this one was fun. And it felt like it felt like it was sort of teeing up some stuff for the characters to really like I feel like we might be sort of teetering onto the the like final bit now, you know. It feels like it's setting it's setting themselves up to like for the last few episodes to just absolutely like smash it out of the park and like emotion wise break everyone's heart like for like four four more episodes. That's what I was thinking. I was like, it's not it's not quite we're not quite like there yet like we don't know what the ending's gonna be like what's it gonna end up being about but it feels like we're sort of getting closer to finding out like what what who is succession and what is yeah it? what is it is even maybe the bigger question yeah um yeah and it was because it's actually this episode was directed by the same director that did kendall's birthday party and i feel right. like it's almost like Kendall's performances just sort of weave through the series. We've got his birthday party where he wanted to sing. Yeah. But he didn't. Then we've got the L to the OG rap. Of course. How could how could anyone ever forget that iconic performance? And then this is like almost... It's funny because the actual presentation for him was like a big success. Yeah. In terms yeah. of like he delivered... But like everything with the kids, it's kind of all surface level because everything he said was a lie and everything is made up and he screwed everyone else over. And it's like, he's just got that victory and maybe that's what he wanted. And he just doesn't, he isn't even thinking about the future. I think this whole episode, you get a real sense of like the emptiness of their lives and how they're all quite lost. And like that's manifesting in different ways, which I think will come through when we go through the episode scene by scene. But I think it definitely feels like they aren't processing slash can't process the loss of their dad. And so they have all latched on to something specific and it doesn't feel like that any of that is going to be able to last because of the nature of why they're doing it. Um, so it all feels very fragile. I think that was what I felt at the end of this episode. I was like, I feel, it feels like we're teetering over something very fragile that could all come crumbling down. Even though it's not like a success, it could all feel, it feels like, oh, like just, we, we got to get used to it. The succession writers just swiping the rug out from under you just when you, just when your toes were getting nice and nice and warm on the heated oh, yeah. rug that I've just you, invented. <laughs> you get five <laughs> minutes of warm heated rug and then sort of 12 episodes of the rug has died. calamity. <laughs> the rug has died and no one knows who's going to be the next rug. Um, well, we don't really edit this, so I guess all of that just stayed in. <laughs> <laughs> all of that rug stuff just stayed in. Um, well, should we, should we go through the episode? Yeah, we started off 
with Logan. Logan self-tape. In, in video form. Logan yeah. self-tape. Um, and in the last episode, right, they did the sort of Leonardo DiCaprio reference with the headphones. Right, about yeah. Mattson. And this was, I don't know if you've ever seen um, the Robert De Niro, like, commercial. He's doing, like, a kind of commercial for, like, a TV channel. No, I haven't But seen just that. him talking to camera saying, tune in on something. And this clip went viral. This is, like, 10 years ago, maybe more. Yeah, I wasn't born. Because the director goes, uh, like, more energy. Oh. So, and he's like some obviously who is this guy and he's trying to like direct Robert De Niro and it felt like they were referencing that with Logan right. right? because it's like just let him do his thing obviously you idiot yeah don't direct you can't direct Logan Roy I did no. I did really feel for him when when they were like he's a little bit shiny there's a little bit of shine can you get that because as a as a fellow, I'm guessing Logan is a fellow oily T-zoned combination skin queen. Whenever I've done any filming, <laughs> that sounds like a huge brag, but the, 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 it's such a rare occurrence. But every time it's every time it's happened, the thing that stops it the most is always my forehead oh, beaming, wow. reflecting <laughs> like Tom's shoes in the previous episodes, giving everyone's migraines. To the point that the first ever thing I did, which is like a really um, kind of embarrassing short film, and it was embarrassing because I really fancied someone who was involved in it, and they kept having to cut because my forehead was shining too much. <laughs> which is not what you want as a woman. Like, as you know, there's like this thing of like glowing skin. You shouldn't be glowing from the forehead. <laughs> no, you want a matte forehead. Matte forehead glowing cheeks but yeah i i i think when logan like got set off after they were they were powdering his forehead i was like logan we've all been there honey i understand i tell you what and now this is maybe the first time i'll ever say something critical of succession okay i do think one of the worst lines in the whole of the four series so far was in this scene mm-hmm. where Logan said, like, are you guys just nearly as stupid as my kids or something? That just felt a bit kind of forced. I don't think that Logan would say that to re- these random people. It just felt a bit like, oh, we want to put that in. Yeah. You know. I do kind of know what you mean because they weren't there. So it's like, why would... Yeah, it definitely felt random. I guess maybe did they need it? There was, because he said, I guess they needed some, we needed to see as an audience that he was saying random stuff so that it could be deep faked later on. So maybe they were just kind of setting up that clearly he was like chatting and, and yeah, saying and, stuff. Yeah, and I think like at the end of that, Kendall's like, oh, can we watch it again? And that kind of comes back with mm. uh, Roman. And it's like, he's being such an asshole and like actively being mean about them, but they just want to see it again. And they're enjoying seeing their dad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a sad, it's a sad thing. It's like a sad thing to see, but I think it sets up the whole con- kind of big central conceit of the episode of like living forever and like blurring the kind of boundaries of like living, death, grief, 
deep fakes like it, it felt like it was like I really liked that I thought that was really nicely done how they kind like it was the perfect amount of subtle like saying like living plus doesn't sound subtle but it is it was somehow still subtle um yeah. because so- this is also the living plus concept like Disney have something similar do they it's like it's called like story living by Disney and it's basically the same thing. Wow. Where it's like Disney IP in this kind of gated community, I guess. I don't... Which um, is We should mad. go there when we retire to podcast full time. <laughs> that doesn't make <laughs> sense. But, you know, when, when, when we've reached the end of our days, pop us in, in Disney community gates with a microphone and we'll create content for the world. <laughs> That would be quite nice. I think it actually yeah. would probably be nice. It would probably be quite nice. Um, so then the episode starts in earnest. We've got Shiv on the plane. I think that's the next scene. And yeah, Shiv on the plane. I don't want to say this because I sound like a broken record, but of course she looks absolutely amazing. I wrote the words sexual renaissance. Because I think that is what she is at the start of the episode. Like, she's having her sexual renaissance. She's got her boobs out. She's wearing, like, a nice fitted jacket. Her hair is perfectly waved. It's like, this is a Shiv who is feeling sexy again, I think. Like, it's like she is ready. And then Matson walks onto the plane. Yeah. Barefoot. Barefoot, because he walks off his private jet onto hers and they sort of have a phone call where he's kind of like, come on my plane. And she says no. And I feel like this is because I've watched the episode once, but I've kind of just started watching the beginning again. So I've seen this bit twice. Mm. And I feel like in a way, I feel like I wouldn't say Matson's playing her Mm. because I think it's mutually beneficial at, at the moment. But I feel like Matson ringing, asking her, her saying no, and then him immediately going over to her was almost like him letting her have a victory. And, right. And it was like her, him kind of making her feel powerful. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah. Where like her right. brothers are making her feel weak in the v- very like two scenes later, Kendall sitting in her chair, you know. And I feel like Matson knows what he's doing. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because, like, he he's not, like, his ego isn't so big that he won't do, like, a small thing if he knows it will benefit him in the long run. Like, he's willing to do that. And I think that's something that she can't really do. So, like, yeah. she wouldn't read him doing that as, like, what you just said it was because Shiv doesn't make, like, any concessions for thinking about like the bigger picture she always just cares quite a lot about how she's being perceived in that exact moment um so yeah I think you're right and that's probably why and we've seen her in in all her sexual context with Tom and the other guy that who whoever wherever the hell he is now that random political guy spoiler just from the trailer he's coming back no way I think because he's I think so, because I think, you know, we've got the election coming up. Yeah. Yeah, So I think he's back. I I want, like, I feel like Tom is going to, like, punch him or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we're going to get a shiv threesome, foursome even, if Matson's involved. Um, Who knows? Who knows? Maybe they'll, maybe we'll have a sort of ancient sort of um, 
like a jousting tournament but sort of retold in modern day terms <laughs> with all their private jets going head to head in the sky for Shiv's hand um right okay well well that's a good point but I think I think what we always see with Shiv is that she wants to feel powerful herself but she also wants the other person to be just as powerful as her and to like try and make like try and jostle her a bit she doesn't like just being she doesn't like walkovers basically i.e tom version 1.0 um yeah it's like she she wants this like unattainable balance between yeah 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 being the powerful one without you know it being a walkover yeah i 100% agree it's an unattainable unattainable balance shift but all modern women want to all modern women want to i know making a huge sweeping statement here but all modern women are like it's great we have the vote but also sometimes i can't be asked <laughs> that is the problem with womanhood cheers yeah. <laughs> cheers to womanhood <laughs> womanhood um and 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 he tells her that they fucked the deal that they tried to fuck the deal right and yeah she hides it pretty well i think for shiv like i couldn't really tell i was like is she gonna be bothered by this like she doesn't seem to be that bothered by it in the moment i don't know what did you think about that yeah i feel like he kind of i feel like she just takes it on board and it's not necessarily a big surprise but she just kind of banks that Mm. Yeah. And then kind of takes that to the next scene where, I mean, Roman and Kendall have been so clumsy here. Yeah. Because I feel like it's the next scene and they're saying, Matson's erratic, maybe we shouldn't do the deal. And again, on rewatch, we see late after everyone leaves, obviously Shiv um, sees through them instantly. Mm -hmm. And this is such a great Shiv. Shiv is on form yeah this is shiv at her height i feel like this is her best episode for me um but watching it again jerry frank carl they all saw through it too they know exactly what they're trying to do and it's just like so clumsy they're so bad it is literally like seeing children lie to their dad when shiv brings that up you're like yeah this lie is not more sophisticated than that like it's it's not good and the fact that like roman is using all the details of his own sort of erratic behavior it's just like oh dear and when i thought that shot where i don't know if you if you just rewatched it where they're like um you can see the sort of outline of carl and i think jerry and then it focuses on shiv like in between their heads and she's just like looking at them like what the fuck are you doing and i was like yeah here we go and then that is why i think that moment is when you're like oh shiv is actually like she's she's she can cut through bullshit in a way that the other two are not that good at and I thought it was interesting that Kendall is the one who breaks and tells her. Because I think given the way the season is going, you'd sort of think, oh, maybe it would be Roman because Roman seems to be very inclined to keeping Shiv in the loop. But then Kendall's the one who's like, okay, we can't really lie to her. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, because it's like down. Roman didn't want to betray Kendall in that moment. Yeah, he yeah, was, yeah, it yeah. was He was torn and then he was annoyed when Kendall was the one to break because he was like, well, I wanted to break, but I didn't. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, and then we obviously have Shiv going to her private room for her grief. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, this was her scheduled grief 
mm-hmm. which to be honest is better than how roman is dealing with it let's just say that yeah less that is 100 percent true and also i don't think like i think obviously it's not ideal but and i don't know whether this is this is necessarily a good thing but i know someone who used to have like power cries and if they needed to cry they'd just be like okay i'm just gonna cry in front of everyone for a few minutes and then it'll be out of my system you kind of have to respect that (laughs) i did yeah it it must release some sort of brain chemicals right that help you do you think i don't know yeah, I reckon that if the if if the body is up to something, the brain is usually spitting some chemicals out into the ether. <laughs> so I'm I'm sure it's doing something. And then and then when Tom walks in and he's there and they and she can't hold it together in front of him. Yeah. It's just like yeah, there this this thing between them is alive. Like they do have history, they do have this and and he's there for her. And I wrote down kissing, underlined, exclamation mark. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these two are... This episode with them two was... The chemistry mm. was electric. Um, yeah. But we'll come up to that in a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My God. My God. I think... It's, I wonder if they ever had even had sex in, like, a boardroom in the offices. I bet they hadn't. Like, this feels like the first time that they've even, like, used the fun of working together for their benefit. Yeah, I feel like probably Shiv wasn't really around and then it was, you know. Yeah. And now it's like, I want to see Shiv and Tom having sex on Logan's desk as a mark of disrespect (laughs) (laughs) that's what i want to say um but you do definitely see like when she opens up to him and i think this this is like something we've seen in previous episodes and i'm sure it sort of continues throughout but like he is the one she talks to she doesn't talk to anyone really yeah tom is that person for her and he is good at listening um but we'll, we'll get to that we'll get we'll get to his big scene later um i thought it was great that we're in like waste our studios as well like it's like we've unlocked a new location now with whatever the massive budget is they've been given for season four it's like one day we're on a company retreat one day we're in la on a on a back lot of a studio i don't know if that's the right term this sounds right sounds good I <laughs> it like sounds it pretty good yeah. um yeah, yeah. so su- seeing roman on that little um mini mini what's it called the golf cart driving around i was like yeah it's good yeah, i like that, that we're good. not in new york at the moment like yeah because we, we get roman and kendall preparing for the living plus presentation mm-hmm. and the jargon kendall is spitting here is absolutely <laughs> crazy yeah he says give me the double click on longevity so i can see everything infinite brain box yeah, it's 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 not it's unintelligible. It yeah. doesn't I couldn't even begin to tell you what that means. Um cuz they basically this is where we see it's sort of like one of the stages of grief, I guess, like or two of them are denial and bargaining. Right. And this is yes, them that's so true. Being so sort of in their own world that they're t- they want to invent 
eternal life and yeah. that they think that is like a reasonable proposition yeah and and they um and even like when they're just talking about the film stuff they are talking about like Kendall's talking about like franchises he's like really obsessed with franchises and I think that also plays into this thing of like wanting to create something that like is really long and like doesn't see an end because they're so they've had they've got this big thing in their life that's come to an end and they can't cope with it so they're like where can we make everything else how can we make everything else last forever including ourselves like it's 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 like probably what most people would actually feel and would want to feel, but they have the money to go mental and to start like yeah. trying to implement stuff with it. And and Roman goes for that meeting with Joy. Yeah. What was your reading on this scene? Because I, I was a bit confused about what was going on. Yeah, at first it's like, I didn't know who she was, you yeah. know, but then you kind of get, okay, she's head of the studios. And she, that the thing is, it's like the the way they would tell almost like a traditional like Mad King story where it's like, the, or Mad Prince who's become king. Mm-hmm. is like this woman is like doing a really good job and Roman comes in and like fires her. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't that because she was sort of like, walking all over him and disrespecting him yeah but he does he his his way is like i'll do what logan would do but it's like you're not logan and mm-hmm. you'll just be firing everyone as we yeah. see later if you fire people that don't respect you you it he just doesn't know how to play his position yeah he's only ever seen one side of his dad as well like he hasn't seen his he hasn't seen the way logan also like negotiates and like does all the other stuff it feels like it feels like he's only seen the version of his dad in a very specific context and it's like we start to meet all these new characters like joy and stuff i think she's new at least and you're like oh these people all had relationships with logan that we didn't see therefore it's unlikely that roman saw them as well and so he doesn't know how to react and i think we see this scene the matson scene and the jerry scene that's going to come up later this trait in roman where he just switches if someone says one thing that gets to him like when matson says your dad was a prick this one is when Joy says, I'm sure you are where you are for like an important reason, which is basically like a line that she can technically get away with on paper, but it's like, you're a Nepo baby. Yeah. Suck she it. called him a Nepo baby to his face. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> and that's when he, and that's, that's when he switches. And it's just like, he has this inability to think further ahead and I guess that's kind of similar to what Kendall I think they all kind of have that trait and that's probably what like plays out in like Kendall's addiction and addictive personality um but I think Roman you're right Roman the way it plays out in Roman is by like snapping and being like I've got to do something like drastic like something like fearless to prove I'm like my dad but it's like you don't have the experience to do this and you're every time you're actually making a really stupid mistake um which is sad to see and I think this whole episode we get a sense of like Romans starting to untangle 
and disintegrate after we've sort of latched onto him a little bit for the earlier episodes in the season. We see his moment caring for Carrie. He's caring for Connor. We're like, Roman's evolved. Roman's had some growth. And then it's like, oh no. This is what I mean about the teetering. It's like, I think we're at the end. Like, we're at the end of his up. We're at the end of him being on the up. I think he might be on the down. Well, he's definitely yeah. on the down now, but I think it might, ex- like, I think it might um, explode. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Um, next, we got Kendall uh, doing his classic directing, <laughs> the product launch. He wants clouds. He's, and I tell you what, like, work. I've been sort of I've worked in production as a runner and stuff, and. I was so triggered by this (laughs) because it is just in my head. I was just thinking like the, the day that he's just created for all these people is like the most stressful day of the, of their life, of their lives. And it's just like, he is just on a whim, just wants anything. He just wants whatever he wants, no matter how unrealistic it is. He is an amateur dramatic stuck in the body of a billionaire who has not been able to unleash his creative side. I think it's as simple as that. He needs to get into some community theatre. Like, I want to see him directing West Side Story. I want to see him directing The Glass Menagerie, you know? I think I think he's just... He loves to perform. I think I wrote that later on in my notes. But, like, he, he is a performer at heart. Yeah. He's one of us. <laughs> he's one of us. Get him on the pod. Get him on the pod. Not Jeremy Strong, Kendall I, specifically. I, um, I was also... I, it also reminded me of some jobs I've done. This scene and then also Greg in the, in the editing booth. I think it's like... In, in this episode, you really see a sort of perfect rendition of the experience of like working with a client, like capital yeah. C, like in any of the jobs that I've worked in, if we've worked with like a, a sort of big, difficult client where they where they sort of have that Kendall attitude of no one can say no with some absolutely insane ideas. I worked yeah. for a company that I won't name and I won't name who it was, but they were trying to promote a film for example and the idea that they came up with was to project the entirety of the film into the sky at <laughs> night for everyone to watch <laughs> and they were like how do we make this happen and we were like right um i don't think we do it's it's giving grew from minions which i haven't watched but i think that's an appropriate reference to make yeah i mean that is classic. And I feel like this was a specific nod to that, this whole episode. Yeah. I think it, we might as well talk about the Greg scene now. Because mm-hmm. Greg, there is also always a Greg who is sort of the one that has to be a dick. But they're also like, yeah, but I'll get in trouble if this doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. I actually loved that he said that. Because I was like, that is the perfect representation of why these chains of communication happen. And then he goes, this has to work or I get in trouble. And it's like, just say that, actually. Like, because yeah. that's what's going on all of the time. And he um, says, help me get in the good p- books. Understand, Mr. Snippy Snip? <laughs> it's like he's halfway be- between being like pathetic and also trying to be mean 
it's such a um, it's such a jumbled status for him. Yeah. yeah, which is Greg, really, isn't it? That is Greg. That is Greg. He's a jumble. Um, so I think that if we if we go back, is the next scene is um, at the party with Shiv and Tom, oh, where yeah. she approaches what a him. Scene. Yeah, I love this scene where she's like. Um, leggy blondes she's like obsessed with like him talking to other people which i think is her like i i honestly think every time shiv does something i'm 100 percent understand it i don't necessarily relate to it but i'm like i can so see how you what's going on here i think it's just like whatever her issues are they're in my books as well like i was like <laughs> i get this and she's like um She's instantly trying to like undo the vulnerability, I think, a little bit by being like, oh, other other women. But I also think it's also playing into this like fantasy that we kind of know she has about like the way other people are involved in their relationship. Like it's clearly a turn on for her, like when they have that call with Matson where Tom has his feet up on the desk and also like every every other sort of interaction with other people outside of their relationship that's that's been in the previous seasons. So I think we kind of we kind of see that, but Tom is like hardened to it at this point. Yeah. Like it, it just washes over him. He's an oasis of calm. He understands her more now, I think. Yeah. Because he kind of, I feel like he is giving her everything she wants in this scene. He's yeah. reacting the exact way she, she wants him to. Yeah. Uh, and then she suggests they play bitey. Yeah. What yeah. do you think of this? I mean, this is absolutely insane. They're biting each other in the middle of the yeah. room. I thought they were going to go off somewhere private to bite. Yeah, no, Shh. they did it in front of it. They can do what they want. I love biting. I'm always oh. biting my boyfriend. Not in a sexual way, but just like... Aggressive. <laughs> yeah, in a sort of aggressive way. No, just in a sort of like something to pass the time way. So I was like, this is a great game. I could add this to my... <laughs> and this to my repertoire for sort of long train journeys and stuff. I think I'm, um, I think I'm just a very, I'm like, a, I'm still like teething. I'm still, so, I'm still going through my teething phase. Get the back ones in. Get the back ones in. Um, but I think it was her testing him, wasn't it? I don't know what it was, but I kind of do when you watch it, but it's hard to explain. Yeah. I think they both, it's almost like, it's an opportunity for them both to sort of bite each other out of the anger they have for each other. Yeah. It's physical. It's like, but it's not sexual, but it's also kind of erotic. And I think the fact that she, he bites her harder. Yeah. That is a cheap, he, that's him passing the test, right? She's being yeah. like, do you, can you, can you give it back? Yeah. Can you give back what I'm giving? And you? it's like he was hold he was holding back at first because as soon as she is like, "Is that all you got?" It's like, yeah. yeah, well, I've got a big mouth. I can. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think I would. I've got very pointy fangs, so I think I would be really good at bitey if it were to ever enter the sphere of public competition. You would be. You'd be more of like a. You'd draw blood with your sharp <laughs> teeth. <laughs> <laughs> rather than the sort of clamp which i imagine tom has got quite blunt teeth and is more of a mm. vice vice grip of a jaw yeah big square jaw he's got more i reckon he might even have a few extra teeth 
more teeth than you could ever imagine. Yeah, two rows like a shark. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We've got Roman and Kendall. Uh, This is when they discuss the making people live forever, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they've got Greg there for like some weird reason and they make him do like a robot voice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They want to make housing tech, basically. That is... Um, and Greg says, I didn't write the quote down, but he says something along the lines of, I don't think we can make housing tech because we've had houses for quite yeah. a long yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. It's it's It's... It's one of those rare moments where you're like, at least Greg, Greg does, you know, actually, I don't know. I don't actually think I want to say that. I don't, I don't actually believe what I was going to say. I was going to say something about how Greg is clever, but I was just like, obviously that's not true. It's just like in that room, he's not them, (laughs) which is all you can say for him. Yeah. I, Um, um, I, I, when they were talking about the living plus thing, I very, very smugly wrote down dad's grief question mark thinking like i bet they don't even realize this is about their dad's grief and how sad it is and then literally the next conversation they had was roman being like yeah i don't really want to die now and i was like oh god they're always one bloody step ahead of me these writers i think i've picked up on something incredibly subtle that i'm going to talk about in my very special nuanced podcast and then it's like the exact three next lines are saying it in a way that's more nuanced than I could ever imagine. Yeah, I mean, look, that's what this podcast is. Yeah. Saying, <laughs> saying what needs to be said, if it is to be said, so it is. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then Jerry comes in and I just have to, I just have to say that one line when she's like, I need to talk to you, the way she delivers it, it's like, here we fucking go. Jerry means business. Jerry is like, Jerry is like channeling Logan's anger. You know, she's she's she knows exactly what's gone wrong. She knows how stupid Roman is. And she's also aware that he's not going to understand how stupid he's been and he's not going to back down. I thought her performance in this scene was so good. And then when she says, you're not your dad, that's the one line that switches him. And he's like, I'm going to fire you. And it's just like, you're an idiot. Yeah. This is truly where he's properly spiralling. Because yeah. you could almost get away with firing the other woman. Like, it's not that big a deal. But now, Jerry, it's like, come on, Roman. She's got your dick pic. She's got your dick pic. She she actually would help you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. and um, And I think watching him do that, you're just like, oh, like he's he's not he doesn't have much more hope than the others like he is as self-sabotage as they all are um god yeah it's and and also it's so different to the moment that he fires her when they're on the boat for connor's wedding and he's like given the task to fire her and he sort of can't handle it he can't even look at her and then in this a mere what two days later three days it's not not really clear how long it is but he's he's just sort of like but he can't even really commit to it with both of the firings he does he's sort of like maybe I will maybe I will what if I did in a way that's like kind of a power move because it's kind of not letting them know 
well, I guess he does tell the other girl officially, but like, he's kind of like not really committing to it. But it's like he doesn't even have the confidence to like fire them properly and, and commit to it. Like he can't even do it really. Yeah, it's like some weird kind of game and then he kind of says it and then has to go keep going with it. Yeah. He can't help himself. He can't go back. And when he tells um, when he tells Kendall and he's like, I fired this woman. And he's like, yeah. And then he's like, I fired Jerry. And Kendall's like, fuck it. I literally like went like this. I like slapped myself in the <laughs> yeah. head. I was like, these two are an absolute nightmare. And then I wrote down, they can't do it and underlined it. So I was like, they can't run a company. Like they're absolute morons. They just can't do it. Yeah. I mean, they, they are just, I feel like this was all the pieces being set up for a catastrophic failure, but it was kind of packaged as like a big win for Kendall. And this was one yeah. of the pieces of catastrophic failure. Also, just a little detail that I forgot about. Uh, in the first, one of the first scenes where Shiv says to them, I know you, when she's like, knows they're mm. lying. That's the wording that Logan's bodyguard used about Kendall when he was Is like, it? I know that you killed someone. So. Ooh. Oh, the pain of being known. The pain of being known. Um, then I believe the next scene is Shiv and Tom. Yeah, another great scene. Post-coital. Yeah. And this was, again, this was a great scene. And this was them kind of for once being honest with mm -hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. Similar to the scene we got of Connor and Willa at yeah, his wedding. And I feel true. like it's like they, Tom is honest with her and it goes really well. Like she receives it well. She can, I think she can take that. She can take like, we both love money and we both love our careers. Like you wouldn't want it any other way. So yeah. that's why I did what I did. Yeah, and it's like, maybe, who knows what reason she was projecting in her head of why he did it. Like, I think it's very easy in relationships, and I don't just even mean romantic, but in, like, any relationship you have with another person, when someone does something that really pisses you off and really upsets you, you instantly put whatever your worst insecurity is onto it. And I think it's very unlikely that it would have been... It would have been that reason that's actually correct so I think hearing that probably takes some sort of like weight off her shoulders and and also like Tom Tom is free now like he's not he's not sort of consigned to tiptoeing around Logan and tiptoeing around Shiv and like whatever weird like the the relationship between Shiv and Logan that always took priority like Tom Tom has kind of been given space to to roam around in it and and I think he's he's playing it really well and I think I think she's kind of she hasn't like she hasn't like been that honest with him it doesn't feel like in their whole relationship but it feels like she she always pushes like she pushes and he kind of gives in and I think in this scene they kind of both hold their own towards each other and that's when you're like, oh yeah, this is a relationship that can move forward because he's not he's not giving in, basically. 
Yeah, and I feel like this is also the beginning of the new strategic relationship that they kind of mm. build from here because he kind of says like you're playing both sides um you should Bisexual. be careful of that which is kind of like talking about this but also in their relationship that's kind of what she never wanted to commit yeah she always playing both sides so but we see later that they're a unit now they're in the uber together that's, yeah. that's obviously not an uber it's a private car but in my head i'm like "Ooh, nice car must be an uber that must be the top of the range uber black <laughs> um i think it's great to see them to grow it's great to see them they're frisson but i just felt like i couldn't even hold on to it because the whole time i remember that scene in the trailer where they have a massive argument i think they're outside somewhere and we haven't seen that yet and i was just like I know I can't don't don't do this to me like don't make me hope for them if it's going to come crashing down in ep 7 I'm not going to yeah. take it I'm not going to take it <laughs> yeah that is because this is the really the big positive of the last few apps is mm-hmm. their rekindling their number um, one couple to be rooting for now yeah for I sure think so. I think so um, um next we have Kendall just Cooking the books. He just wants the guy to just completely make up numbers, mm-hmm. projections, to get the stock up so Matson can't afford to buy them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is in... I like, even as someone who knows nothing about business, you're like, this, this surely isn't uh, normal. <laughs> this is insane. I think this yeah. is insane. This is another piece that is going to come crashing down, I believe. And um, he's saying, he says to the to the poor bloody accountant, wherever he's from, Deloitte or something, he's like, you're talking gibberish. After we've just seen an episode of Kendall saying, like, not even one sentence that has any meaning for yeah. 40 minutes. <laughs> it's yeah. insane. Because that's what he thinks it is. He thinks you can just say whatever you want. You know, and that's mm. fine. And that's capitalism. Yeah. Um, then we have uh, Shiv on a call with Matson. Yes. Tom is in the background. <laughs> Tom has his feet on the desk, which is the sign of a man who is busting regularly now. Yeah, he is. He's back. Tom is He's back. back. Yeah. Tom is back, and his pointy, shiny shoes on the desk are yeah. there. And this is like. It's like he's playing her. He's in on her sexual game now. Because I think previous Tom, that would have got to him, wouldn't it? Like her being on a call with Matson. But now he's like, I'm here. Not only am I in the room, I'm putting my feet on the desk, which is such a Tom way of like thinking yeah. that you look powerful. It's yeah, like actually it's, incredibly cringe. <laughs> yeah, it's like a sort of teenager, what they think is like powerful. Yeah, or like a supply teacher. Yeah. Um. um but he, he wants he doesn't want this living plus thing to go ahead. It's basically the long and short of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, simple as that. Because it's stupid. Because <laughs> it's a stupid idea. He doesn't want it. And that's that. Then we have the talk. All the, all the like, pre... Not the talk. We have the prep for the talk. Where Kendall sees, like, a few bits of wood and some smoke. Yeah. But is... I wrote down, it does look like a cloud. Like, it's pretty good. 
I think it's it looked good, like yeah, a cloud. It's atmospheric. It's like fog. Yeah. But it kind of rests above it like one cloud. I thought they, they've they done did a, a really good job good in job. the time. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. They've Give done them a great credit. Job. And then Shiv starts... Shiv kind of, I think, knows that Kendall won't listen to her, so she kind of tries to get Roman on her team and is and is trying to encourage him to distance himself from it. And she uses the words protect him, which I think is Shiv being very, very manipulative because she knows that Roman feels protective over everyone in his family. Yeah, and it is just almost like a get out of like, hey, we're not screwing him over by doing this. We're protecting him. So do the thing that screws him over to protect him. Yeah. And it gives them all a kind of excuse, like that they can hold on to. Then they're, then they're in the dressing room pre-show. Yeah, the jackets. The jackets. Oh, my God. The jackets actually broke my heart. Like, in this scene, you're like, the first thing I just wrote is like, it's like seeing a child playing dress-up. Like, you really see Kendall as, like, a young child who wants attention once again but then when he's standing backstage about to go on stage in that like blue lighting and you see him looking quite nervous and his jacket says ceo yeah and it's just like oh my god you are breaking my heart come on it's so sad and i do think as well this is the way kendall has changed is even though he's still very selfish i think he does still want to do it with Roman, mm-hmm. and he they he's not actively trying to trying to screw Roman and Shiv. I don't think he he wants to do exactly what he wants to do, but he does want to do it with them. And like yeah. the matching jackets were kind of you know he he did want to do it with Roman, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And For I now. think seeing him have to do it on his own, you are like it's it's sad. It's sad, this this poor boy. And then he has the conversation with, with Carl. So good. Carl, once again, absolutely killer. Carl is killing it this season. He was just like background. He was like the kind of third after Frank and Jerry, but yeah. he is in the forefront this series. It's so good. I saw a good meme of, of someone's dress from the Met Gala, which said Carl at the bottom of it. And it was like me after... This episode of Succession. <laughs> <laughs> He's basically like, I've seen what you're trying to do here with cooking the books and I'm not going to, you can't do it. You can't throw me under the bus. Yeah. He, and he says I something he, about the dick in, dick in hand. Yeah, he says, um, you might have my dick in your hand, but I've got yours in mine. And if you pull it, I squeal or something like that. Yeah. And was that, do you think that was just about like general, I can, I can ruin this? Or do you think it was, was it, does Carl know about him killing someone or not? I don't know. No, he doesn't know. I think it's more about if the, there's more and more evidence that Kendall and Roman are trying to sabotage the deal. Yeah, right. And I think they can come out with that. I think all this like, fake projections is i imagine illegal yeah i I think it's just like you're kind of overplaying your hand here you know which is kind of what jerry says to roman in the series earlier Mm -hmm. you know yeah um but they don't want to hear it they 
think they're in charge. They think they're Logan. They think they can do what they want. They think they're Logan, but they also seem to have no idea about what Logan did. So it's like they're just playing like a, a version of him that they thought they knew, but it's not the version yeah. at all. The big, big shoes to fill. Oh my God. Incredible. Big shoes. Big, big shoes. Big shoes. He, I, he says it so many times. I think it's so, it was so funny. In my head, I was thinking like, when I was thinking about it, I was like, do you think that's the moment when he's deciding? Because he says sort of like, don't worry, Carl. But I, do, I think in that moment, he hasn't decided what he's going to do. And then I think when he comes out on stage and sees the audience and kind of is like one, not only sort of, fuck, I'm doing this, thinking about his dad, blah, blah, blah. But I think he also is maybe... He's saying that because in his head he's making the decision to not say the numbers thing and to back out of it. Yeah, but he does also do the fake double, double the earnings. That's the thing. I think it kind of sets it up like he's going to say these mad things. But it's like he, he only says sort of like slightly mad things that are within the realms that people will believe it. Yeah. And seeing the start of that speech, I think, as two people who I'm sure have both had to fill time on sets when you've you've done you've done what you thought was your fifteen and you realise there's still four minutes to go. <laughs> big, <Yeah>. big shoes. <laughs> it was great and he had all the footage interacting with Logan in it. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like, it's it's silly, but it, it kind of, I guess, I think if he was doing this for some reason without Logan dying, it wouldn't have worked. But because there is that underneath it all, and I think it, what sells it is that moment at the end when he says, if I could have another year with my dad, that would be priceless. Yeah. Once again, Kendall, my heart is shattered on the floor. I'm trying to pr- stick it back together. I think that is the moment when you're like, that's actually a really smart thing to say. Yeah. That's like the biggest sell of all of them throughout that. Yeah. It was, he used the emotion well. Yeah. And smashed it out of the park. He did a great, he did a great job. But the Maximus tweeted about it, right? Yes, does the tweet, yeah. Uh, With a sort of meme-y shit post about it. And did Shiv, Shiv kind of told him to throw a spanner in the works, right? Shiv kind of, like, encouraged him to do it. I think she was just like, hey, they're doing it kind of thing. So it he does... did the tweet. But then she speaks to him and is like, basically tells him to delete it and he does. But I think just before she kind of almost encourages him because she's like... Oh, maybe is she, I think she says like throw like a spoke in the wheels or something. Did she say that? Maybe I missed that. Yeah, I missed it, and then Will pointed it out. So, yeah. some, thank God someone was watching. Unfortunately, it's not the person who's hosting a Succession podcast. <laughs> but that's what he does. He does tweets, and they asked about it in the Q and A. It was just one Q and one A. And he kind of dealt with it okay, yeah, given the circumstances. It was fine. Um, he didn't sort of crumble under under the pressure. He's a good performer. That's, he is born to perform, our boy. Um, and then we see the start of Tom's... <laughs> 
Tom's speech, which I just thought for him, like, I hope Shiv is not watching you for this because this is going to give her the ick so badly. Yeah. It was. It's just classic Tom, isn't it? It's, it's an Oprah reference, right? I guess. Is it? Oh, I didn't. I think it was like I think it was sort of trying to be a bit Oprah, um, which is like. Oh yeah, yeah, because he says like I'm part of. He's like you're an ATN citizen. You're an ATN citizen, and he's pointing. He's doing a sort of. A sort of child doing their first like nativity play, like big point. Oh, oh, it's perfect. But I have to say, I was kind of glad to see Kendall have that win. Like, I just think, even though I know it's probably all going to come tumbling down, it was just nice to see him have something go right for once in the business world. So he doesn't have to pretend that it's gone well. It was like, oh, you can actually just, for once, it is just fine rather than you're going to have to pretend that this is exactly how you wanted it. And thank God we can have a break from that. Yeah. Um, And then we get kind of just three ending scenes to see Mm. kind of where they all are. We get Roman with the vid of the edited vid of Logan saying he has a micro dick. Yeah. Yeah. and we just see Roman sort of listen to it over and over again and, like, lo- just loving hearing his dad's voice. Yeah, loving it. Loving hearing his name, I think, as well. Yeah. It's, it's like that he can hear Logan say his name, which I think is nice. Yeah. Um, then we get Shiv and Tom in the car. Mm-hmm. The, the alliance, they say, like, this is just strategy, basically. And Tom says, I can't help it if I find strategy sexy. Which is like a little bit vintage Tom. It's like a little bit Tom 1.0, but it, Shiv kind of likes it. Shiv kind there's, of some, likes it. there's some 1.0 he can keep, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like how when you update the iPhone, like you're still going to keep, you're still going to keep the messages app. You're still going to keep the mail app. You're yeah. still going to keep Tom being a little bit cringe. Yeah. And then Kendall in the ocean. Yeah. Which is... He's he's he goes to the beach in his sort of like Muji pajama wear it feels like gets in and then you see him in the water and it reminded me of that scene when he's at his lowest when he is in the pool in Italy yeah. is it Italy yeah and he's like sort of face down dead. now he's face, face up now he's face up first time he was face down booty up <laughs> now he's face up booty down <laughs> cock up. <laughs> <laughs> and look, this is a pod. If anything, this podcast it will point out that that is symbolism. <laughs> that is symbolism. And water, Kendall and water is like a thing. Yeah, Kendall and water is definitely a thing in succession. Because you've got the pool, the ocean. You've got him in the empty bath at the beginning of series three. You've mm. got the. The kid dying in water. Yeah, exactly. And he drinks water. And his body is made up of 70% water. Yeah, there you go. And Logan can swim. That's another one. Oh, yeah. Fuck. That, I think, actually... But but wait, no, but Logan... Logan could swim, but they said Logan couldn't swim, right? But, But then we see him early in the morning swimming, and he's got loads of scars on his back. Yeah. From yeah, his yeah, abuses. Yeah. So I saw a, a lot tweet of swimming. With a picture of that and the person being like, I didn't realise this was abuse. I thought Marsha was just 
<laughs> I did see that as well. <laughs> there are some good tweets out there, you guys. You guys should check it out. Kendall also writes number one in the sand. Yeah, number one or one. I'm on my own now. Ooh. The, so I, I think it's like Rome. I was doing this with Shiv and Roman. Then mm-hmm. I was just doing it with Roman. Yeah. And now I'm doing it on my own. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it could be that. They're all so divided at the end of this episode, but Roman is the one with with no one and nothing. Now, especially yeah. now he's alienated Jerry, I think that is why we're probably going to see something. Him, His arc go to the lowest point in his next episode, maybe. But I also think Kendall, you know, what goes up has to come down with Kendall, especially especially with the fact that we've just seen like what this is like it's stupid like there's no way this can work yeah yeah i'm excited to see what happens next episode um looks like a good one i haven't watched the trailer yet i haven't watched it uh maybe we'll keep we haven't talked about trailers so maybe we'll keep it that way keep it surprise spicy surprise we're gonna need all our takes for the next for the next we need to save it for the poddy um okay well i think that's it all i've written the only thing that i don't know is that i've written down distance does that mean anything to you i don't know what that means i gotta say no i'm sure it's really important distance i guess they're all distance from one another it's very hard to make notes about a TV show that you're enjoying. None of these are coherent because I keep wanting to watch the actual episode. That is the thing. Sometimes I just want to watch it. But for the good of the podcast, we take on the mighty task. Our cross to bear is watch not only watching the episode, but also writing down one or two words per scene. And that's what we do for you guys. Um, so thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, And thank you for being you. Bye. (laughs) 